Hello and welcome to Get Fruitful Conversations. I'm your host, Anwyn Cooper, and if you're interested in growing a passion-fueled, purpose-driven enterprise and believe that business can be a force for greater good, then this is the podcast for you. Each episode, I'll be talking with inspiring entrepreneurs and inviting them to share how they're pioneering new ways of working to create more prosperity and positive impact for people and the planet. We'll be bringing you fresh insight and practical actions to generate more income and impact through your own business. Our purpose is to give you new perspectives on how to align your vision to a bigger mission in a way that fulfills your personal potential while also generating a longer lasting legacy and more value for all. So thanks for tuning in. I'm delighted you're here to listen. Now let's get fruitful with today's conversation. Welcome Giles Miskin and welcome everybody who is joining us today. I'm really excited that Giles is our guest on this live conversation. Uh, Today Giles is founder of the Colourworks and the Colourworks Foundation and he set up the Colourworks back in September 2003 having previously been the managing director of a privately owned £8 million turnover plastic widget distribution business. The Colourworks achieves breakthrough changes in mindsets, behaviours, relationships and organisational dynamics, tangibly improving performance through partnerships with clients. And in 2018, Giles founded the registered charity, the Colourworks Foundation, to extend the transformative power of the colour behaviour model and profiles to socially excluded 16 to 25 year olds across the UK. And they are now partnering with organisations such as the Prince's Trust and helping to equip these young people with the tools to build their self-belief, resilience and interpersonal skills so that they are better able to make more positive choices in life. Giles also has a degree in social anthropology and has worked as a volunteer mentor for the Footprints Project, supporting men and women who are leaving prison or serving a community sentence and returning to Dorset, Somerset and Hampshire, and their work aims to reduce the risk of re-offending by helping clients to reintegrate into their local communities. So I'm really delighted to have Giles with us today. We're gonna be talking all about his business journey as an entrepreneur and how he has more recently set up this new charitable venture alongside his more established commercial business. So hi Giles, good to have you on. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So let's kick off. Obviously, I've given you a bit of an intro there um, and touched on some of the work that you've been doing over the years. But uh, maybe you could just add something in your own words, a little bit about your business journey. How have you got to this point? Um, certainly not in a straight line. My my whole working life has been uh, jumping from one particular uh, organization to another, one role to another and seemingly nothing connecting uh, each jump. Uh, So I've done a whole raft of things, Um, a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, Prior to the plastic widget business, I was actually working at Bournemouth and Poole College of Further Education. Uh, First of all, as a lecturer in Spanish, Um, and then uh, setting up the first charity in the further education sector um, 
to enable kids from um, you know tough backgrounds to access further education. Mm-hmm. Um, and then into the plastic widgets and, and everybody, so said, different. I know, everybody <laughs> said, what on earth are you doing? Um, and uh, I suppose that just is a reflection of my broad spectrum of interests. Suddenly I became fascinated in little plastic things, <laughs> how, how they were made. Um, I used to bore the pants off my kids but, you know, when we were brushing teeth before they went to bed and I would just say, look at that toothbrush. <laughs> Do you know how that's made? And they were just, you know, lost in it. But um, uh, and then from the plastics into into the color works, I suppose the you know, the 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 golden thread that runs through all of those different jobs is just people. Mm. Uh, I'm a big people person. Um, and. Um, these latest iterations uh, of uh, working with ex-offenders and with the Colorworks Foundation is just an extension of that. It's almost mm. almost sort of coming full circle and just realizing what gifts I do have in life, why I'm here, and how to put them to best use. Yeah, brilliant. Such a, a varied career you've had, but as you say, there's there's definitely a, a thread that ties it all together, even if at the beginning and while you've been going through that journey, it, it didn't seem obvious. As no, you exactly. look back now with hindsight, you can see the commonalities um, yeah. and how it all hangs together. Yeah. So um, social justice and working with uh, young people who perhaps have been disadvantaged um, in different ways, people who have been uh, connected with the criminal justice system. Um, these are obviously things that are very uh, dear to your heart and you're very passionate about. Um, and it's really great to see how you've um, found a way, a sort of vehicle to take the work that you do in your commercial business mm. to a wider audience who perhaps might not have um budget to actually pay for that themselves you've managed to find other ways to fund that work so I'm really interested to hear a little bit about that story about how how have you gone through that process of setting up a charity and taking your work off in this direction um so uh, about four years ago four or five years ago I uh, decided to take a sabbatical from uh, from the color works, from working in the corporate sector. Um, I just lost my mojo a little bit um, and getting slightly bored with working with just boards of directors um, and decided to take a step back. Uh, I didn't want to go traveling anywhere. It was a bit more of a sort of navel gazing exercise. Six months um, to work out how I was going to keep motivated and inspired for the rest of my working life Mm. Um, and I sat back and thought about it and I thought you know what I love this color stuff because it's so transformational and a lot of the people that I've worked with uh, the messages that have most touched me during this period have been those who come back and say you've completely transformed my relationship with my son. We hadn't mm. spoken for five years, but through your exercise, Giles, you've enabled us to start talking again. Or, my goodness, uh, why didn't we know this stuff at school? This is such 
basic information, but it's helped us, helped me in my relationships with X, Y, and Z. Um, so I sat back and I wrote a list of all of those people um, who I think uh, deserve access to this information, but are less likely to be able to access it because it's in the private sector and it costs mm. a lot of money. So I wrote down a list of them and I was going through the, you know, the long-term unemployed, the homeless, the addicts, the, the, the prisoners, the ex-offenders. Um, and I shared that with my wife and, uh, and she just came back to me and just said, you arrogant git, what makes you think that those people uh, want you in their lives at all? or anything to do with, you know, your colors. And I said, okay, that's a good challenge. Uh, I take that, you know, what do you recommend? And she said, get out there and volunteer, go and actually spend some time with these groups of people rather than just um, assuming, you know, I uh, assuming. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's exactly what I did. That's why I joined the footprints project started visiting prisons and uh, prisoners soon to be released so that when they came through the door there was someone there to support their journey back into uh, society. Uh, I went and delivered some of the colour stuff in, in homeless hostels um, and it was great. It was um, enlightening for a lot of the participants um, but I came to the conclusion that their lives were just so chaotic mm. that actually, you know, in terms of list of priorities, this color stuff wasn't hitting the mark. Yeah. Um, so let's go younger. Let's let's get them when they've still got a little bit of structure in their lives um, through organizations like the Prince's Trust, the YMCA, the National Citizenship Service, um, and other local charities and organizations working with kids whose lives are just not coming together. Mm. Uh, kids whose, whose self-belief is just entirely lacking and can do with an injection of um, awareness around their own brilliance their own yeah. contribution most of these kids have never been told by anyone that they're any good at anything mm -hmm. and just seeing them after a you know a few sessions with the colorworks foundation walk out of that room just a few inches taller uh metaphorically speaking and and just being able to go do you know what I am bloody good at this, that, mm. or the other. The other side, of course, of the color model is that whole notion of opposites that, um, you know, we tend to clash in our lives with people whose behavioral style is opposite to our own. Right. So when I'm presenting that color model and these kids are sitting there and suddenly presented with that opposite and they go, oh my God, that's my dad, mum, sister, brother, mm -hmm. teacher, ex-employer, uh, prison officer, whatever it is, suddenly light bulbs flash and they start to realize that that may well have contributed to the breakdown of that relationship. Mm. And therefore it gives them the tools to start reflecting on perhaps how to go and mend that relationship. Yeah, really powerful. So it's almost like you by working with the younger people, you, you can have a bit more of an early intervention 
Yeah. And yeah, definitely there's a, a bigger, longer term impact, whereas perhaps it's more challenging working with older people who've made life choices or they've got other things happening in in their life which first of all makes it more difficult for you to engage them in the, in the initial stage mm. um, but then also perhaps the impact isn't as great as as the work that you can do with the younger people absolutely yeah. uh, and there's something beautifully refreshing about the authenticity of the of the young people uh, you know they'll just tell you or show you exactly what they're thinking and feeling mm. um, there's no masks there's no, you know, cloak and dagger stuff. Uh, there's no sort of hiding your thoughts and feelings because of what you imagine the expectations of your colleagues to be. I can't say that because I shouldn't do this because uh, the kids just do it. Mm. Uh, so it's a, it's a, a very vibrant learning environment. Yeah, brilliant. So what is your vision for the foundation? What what are you working towards at the moment? Um. I would love to be able to replicate the business model of the Colorworks. Uh, we have a hub and spoke model whereby we've got a, uh, an HQ down here in Dorset. And then I've got a team of 16 facilitators and coaches around the country who go out under the banner of the Colorworks to go and deliver in-house. Um, that was the vision when I started the Colorworks Foundation. Uh, that's changed. I've now decided actually that we need to get our model right, our infrastructure solid here in Dorset first mm -hmm. before we can start expanding out. Yeah. So uh, demand is high. Uh, we know that especially with the, the pandemic and lockdown that um, you know, the mental health of already isolated young people is deteriorating and we're getting demand as uh, word of our building self-belief course gets out there. We're getting demand from all over the place in Dorset um, and we're struggling to meet that demand. Mm. So my emphasis in the short term is I've got a wonderful bunch of, of five trustees um, who are just phenomenal in terms of their dedication. Um, and I've got uh, uh, a facilitator colleague who, who we're, we're the ones uh, who kicked it all off and have, you know, gave our time in the first uh, few months to get the thing off the ground. Um, we need to radically expand our pool of facilitators mm -hmm. so that we can meet that demand yeah. so we're concentrating very much on that on developing the the course materials and content but also just equipping these facilitators with the tools to be able to deliver it with panache yeah so do you imagine that you will have a different team of facilitators than the team you have with the color works or, or do you think there's scope for people to deliver programs for both CEOs and young people? Or, or is it a different skill set and a different type of person that you need? Well, that's an interesting question because, you know, one of the things that I love doing is, is working with a bunch of kids on one day and then a group of chief execs the next. Mm, you like um, the variety. I love the variety. And, you know, I've come to conclude, actually, that this is one of my lucky gifts, is that, is that I am equally as comfortable in both groups of people. Mm. And it appears, you know, equally accepted in, in both groups of people. Um, 
not everyone can do that. No. Um, plus, the difficulty within the foundation is that, you know, it's a charity. So we're paying uh, relatively little money uh, on an hourly basis to these facilitators. Um, and therefore, it's not everybody who can afford to do it because yeah. it's not like it's regular. Uh, it might be, uh, you know, uh, a Tuesday afternoon for the next eight weeks, uh, and then there's nothing for a couple of months. So being able to identify these facilitators is, uh, is tough. Uh, we've got our sort of training and induction program sorted. Um, but I think you do need uh, a particular set of skills to be able to, uh, to make the young, young people feel comfortable in that yeah. space, but also to challenge them sympathetically uh in order to get the most out of the learning mm, interesting so what what have your biggest learnings been along the way both most recently with the foundation setting that up um but also sort of looking back over your career and um your time running the color works what what are the big things that you've learned maybe about yourself um and or about other things in business <laughs> um lovely so that's a big question but um, I'm going to say that the, the biggest thing is probably um, to learn how to get out of the way. <laughs> um, as uh, a rather entrepreneurial person, I, you know, in a previous life when I was living in Spain, uh, I set up my own language school. And eight years later, when we left Spain, suddenly realized that the language school was worth next to nothing without me mm. um, and that taught me a huge lesson in terms of when if you're going to set up a business make sure it's not just about you yeah um, so I could have called this Giles Miskin Associates but no I was looking for something that was nothing to do with me but when you've set up a business and it's your baby it's incredibly difficult to get out of the way um, but it's something that I'm super proud of having achieved at the Colorworks to the extent that I might be the founder, but I am dispensable. Mm. The business can run very successfully without me. I have the most fantastic team of people uh, around me who in color terms complement my own styles. They are brilliant at some of the stuff that I really struggle with. Um, so that's the main thing is just the ability to, to get out of the way and let other people fill the space and step yeah. up. Um, I think the second bit is actually, and it's been brought to the surface by the pandemic. Um, you know, before March last year, 99% of our income came from face-to-face -face delivery. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we were just completely shut down yeah. and we had to reinvent ourselves. So I've got a back office team of, of six people and then this team of associates around the country, 16 of them. Um, and looking back now, I'm just so proud of how we handled that situation. We went back to our organizational values. 
which we had arrived at together as a collective. Mm -hmm. And we asked ourselves what the most important ways of behaving were going to be during this lockdown period. We managed within two, three months to completely transfer all of our learning to an online platform. We managed to look after the concerns uh, and mental health of everyone concerned. Mm -hmm. We got to know each other uh, a lot better, seeing yeah. into each other's homes, uh, talking about stuff way off business grid, um, and, and really just knitted ourselves together into a really tight, cohesive team. So the values element of this is the other big learning for me. Mm. Um, you know, in a, the learning and development world, uh, one of the most popular models is um, the five dysfunctions of a team. Mm. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, five dysfunctions of a team. And, and, and we're solid on that. We love it. It gets people really thinking about uh, what trust means to them and mm. the transparency and authenticity and honesty required to build that. Um, but the top of the triangle of, of Lencioni's five dysfunctions is, uh, is all about focus on results mm -hmm. and being quite a strong red energy character myself. Uh, sorry if that doesn't mean much to everybody, but I'll it's sort of... I'll have to get you to explain in a moment. Lovely. No, it's, sort of, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, focused and driven and ambitious and direct and fast-paced. It had always been my tendency to, to set the vision for the Colorworks in numerical terms. Mm -hmm. We need to expand by this amount. We need to grow the bottom line by that amount. We need to hit X number of conversions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but through... Lencioni's work and blending that with the colors you suddenly realized that you know what that doesn't float everybody's boat no it's not a question of numbers for a lot of people and of the people that I employ in the back office here there's a lot of green energy which is much more about collaboration and respect and uh, looking after each other and listening and slowing down and remembering the important things in life. Through talking through it, uh, the whole question of vision with them, suddenly realized, no, 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 we need a much more thematic vision and goal. Mm. And we focused in on customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And that if we focus all of our efforts on into improving in that area of just making people feel so glad to be part of the Colorworks journey, then the numbers will drop out of that. Yeah. So that is our main thrust. And that is a thrust that sort of weaves its way through our values. Mm -hmm. um, put people first, um, be it suppliers, staff members, um, uh, obviously clients, also the community mm. um, and the environment. Uh, and I think it's that combined that sort of, you know, forced its way into this Colorworks Foundation coming, becoming a reality. Yeah. Wow. Well, quite the journey. Quite the journey. I love it. So, the journey. so you talked a bit there about 
the different color types yep. of, of yep. people. Um, so maybe this is a good moment for those who don't know uh, are not familiar with Colorworks um, profiling tools, if you could just explain a little bit about that. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem. Um, this is, it's a tool that belongs to a company called Insights Learning and Development uh, based in Dundee. And the Colorworks is their main, uh, their biggest distributor of their products in the UK. Um, it's a model uh, of four uh, different but complementary energies, color energies of behavior, red, yellow, green, blue, with the notion being that all human beings use all four color energies, but just to varying degrees. And most people favor two. So I'm very red, yellow. Uh, we were talking briefly earlier, you're very yellow, green. Emma. Yeah. Uh, my wife is very greeny, blue my complete opposite, um, et cetera, et cetera. Our behavioral style is represented in these color terms. The beauty of it is that there is, it, it just stops you in your tracks and makes you uh, reflect on your own gifts um, associated with those colors, but also the stuff that you struggle with. And we all struggle with some stuff. Mm. And we are likely to struggle most with the stuff that we're just less used to using. Yeah. Um, so I'm not very good at the greeny blue stuff. Maybe because I'm not very good with the greeny blue stuff, I have a tendency to clash with those people of a greeny blue nature. <laughs> because we look at the world in such different ways. And where I'm fast and decisive and ambitious, that green energy just comes across as just a little bit slow and indecisive and a bit wishy-washy from my perspective. Mm. But I have to also take on board that from a green perspective, therefore, my redness might come across as rather abrupt and overly competitive and loud and demanding and controlling and aggressive. Wow. If mm -hmm. just by presenting those four colors, it can enable us to not only think about what makes us special, but also those little blind spots about how we interact with people who are not like us and how we come across and how we might shut them down and how we can therefore stand back and think about perhaps doing things slightly differently in order to not upset people not like us and far more than not upset actually get the best out of them mm -hmm. then that means that you know together we are so much stronger my colleagues take the mick out of me for overusing the word interdependence, but I love the word because it sort of means we need each other. Yeah. Um, and, and I strongly believe we do. Uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that, you know, probably 80% of my clients over the last 18 years have settled down with a life partner who is their opposite. Mm. That's just wonderful, isn't it? You know, it sort of says that without knowing any of this color stuff, 
we just feel a natural attraction to someone who is entirely different to us. Maybe we can learn from each other. Maybe, you know, just in Darwinian terms, we're going to produce kids who can do both. I don't know. but We need need those complementary aspects. Absolutely. Absolutely. And presumably you would say that's true in business as well. When you're building a team, you need people around you who can complement your Absolutely. 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 Let's, let's, you know, let's disagree. Uh, I forget which wonderful management consultant it was. Was it Drucker? Uh, you know, who said, uh, we need to disagree. Mm. I want there to be challenge within this team. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to turn into a whole load of sheep uh, and just, you know, nod and agree with the most dominant person in the group. No, we don't want that group think. Um, Thank goodness we think differently, but let's get those different thinking methods out on the table in order to get the most robust decision Mm -hmm. that listens to all different perspectives around the the table, which means that, you know, people feel uplifted because they've been heard and contributed to that decision-making process. But it also means that the end decision is likely to be the richer for it. Yeah. Fascinating. So I was going to ask you, what has inspired you along the way um, in building your businesses and starting the foundation? Are there any individuals who you've been following or other businesses that you look to or books that you've read kind of yeah what what have you um been inspired by along the way wow um i don't follow who who, who out there do you think is doing a good job (laughs) at the moment that's a really good question and it's a really tough question and i have absolutely no answer to it um i'm not a social media person at all i don't follow anyone um i do have thousands of connections on linkedin but i don't know what to do with them um i it's interesting you know when 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 people say who are you inspired by the the themes that come through Uh, tend to be around uh, humility and social justice. Mm. Those those are the main themes. So I do read a lot. Um, I don't mind admitting, actually, I'm more than halfway through Michelle Obama's uh, Becoming. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, It's those sorts of stories Mm. uh, that, that inspire me. You know, I was born with a relative silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. I'm very middle class and very privileged in my upbringing. Um, But that doesn't mean that I can't uh, feel inspired by by fighting for uh, the rights of those who haven't had those privileges. Mm. Um, And whether it's the... uh, ineffective education system that I believe to exist in this country uh, or the completely broken criminal justice system uh, that I believe to exist in this country, um, there are victims and there are people falling through the cracks um, and it's not through any fault of their own. Um, And so those 
messages of of um, you know of support and encouragement, and you are good enough. Those are the messages that I want to sing loud and clear. Mm, brilliant, thank you. No worries. Well, we're going to wrap up in a moment. And before we go, I'll give you the opportunity to share your contact details and how people can find out more about your work. Before we go, I want to invite you to share um, a top tip or some words of wisdom or a message for other people who, who might be listening, who perhaps are in the early stages of starting out in business, um, or, or maybe already have a business and are looking to create a bigger impact and are led by a purpose beyond profit. What would you like to say to them? Um, oh, another really tough question. Um, I think that if you are led by a purpose beyond shareholder value, uh, and for me, business is so much more than that, that actually just spending time with yourself and working out what that, bit of cliche, but what that true North Star is for you. Um, so whether it's, uh, you know, working with that hedgehog model uh, about finding out where you are, most driven but also where you can add most value what really lights your fire then focus on that just focus on that and make sure that everything you do contributes towards that direction and that journey mm. um, as i was saying earlier from my perspective uh i i you know, my gift is in part just enthusiasm. Um, when I first left the plastic injection molding business, I was as nervous as anything to sort of step off into the unknown and start the color works. And I got a text from someone at Insights who had been like my mentor up until that point. And I said, I, I texted her and I just said, I've done it, I've done it. I've handed in my notice, mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And she came back to me with a text that I've kept and it just said, fantastic news, Giles, congratulations. Now go and unleash that gift of enthusiasm that you have on the mm. world. And I've kept it because up until that point, I hadn't really realized that it was a gift. Yeah. It was just me. I now realize that it is a gift. And why I do the stuff that I do is that I believe that everybody has a gift. I know that sounds a bit twee, but everybody has a gift. And if you can just spend a wee bit of time identifying what it is and therefore how that aligns to your purpose, combine the two and you've got something really strong going. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. What a great message to end on. Thank you. So before we go, if people would like to get in touch with you or find out more about your work, where should they go? Um, they, Where can they find you? Lovely. They can find me either through uh, the Colorworks, um, www.thecolorworks.com, mm -hmm. or through the foundation, www.tcwfoundation.org.uk. And I am, uh, a, I can be got also on Giles at 
either of those two um, endings. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for sharing your journey, all of your thoughts on the subject of business as a force for good and all the wonderful stuff that you're doing. Uh, and thank you for your time. My absolute pleasure. I hope I haven't been too verbose. Uh, it, <laughs> it's a slight weakness of mine. Oh, I do go I've on. I've enjoyed it. Oh, I, I have. Hope, I have too. I hope everyone else has enjoyed listening. I'm sure okay. they will take yeah. lots from what you've been saying today. Thank you. Not at all. My great pleasure. Thank you, Mum. Thanks for listening in to today's Get Fruitful Conversation. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I invite you to give us a five-star rating. Leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and tell your friends and colleagues to check it out too. This will help us reach a wider audience and make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, connect with other like-minded people in business, and continue conversations about topics discussed here, then I'd love you to come and find our community online. It's free to join us. Just search for the Get Fruitful Business for Good group over on Facebook, visit my website, getfruitfulmarketing.com, or click the links in the show notes. I'd love to hear what business for good means for you. Until next time, goodbye for now.